0: G'day and welcome to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigau and on this show we're examining biblical concepts and ideas and asking ourselves the important question, Is it relevant today? Or is it as outdated and ridiculous as payphones? The title of our show today is, Are You Sure? When I was a young boy, I remember going to the Romanian church, and I remember a question that was asked there. I think I was probably about 15 or 16 years old, and the question stuck in my mind. Now, it wasn't so much the question that stuck in my mind as it was the answer to that question. And the question was this, how many of you know that you are saved? And what really surprised me is that only three people put up their hands. This really impressed me because I thought, I see these people coming to church Every single week. How can only three of them be sure that they are saved? Towards the end of John's first epistle, in chapter 5, verse 13, he says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Notice what he says here. That you may know That you have eternal life. He doesn't say, These things I have written to you that you may hope that you have eternal life. No, there's a certainty in what he says. Today we're going to examine a passage in the book of Matthew. Now, this is a very well known passage. It's about the center of the book, and many theologians will argue that this is the central theme of the book of Matthew. It's found in chapter 11, right towards the end of the chapter, in verses 28 and 30. And it says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Today we're going to break up this passage and explore it a little bit. The first thing that Jesus says here is, come to me. Now this is interesting because it goes against our natural instinct. I remember before I gave my heart to God, I went everywhere but to Him, right? I'd been bored up with this stuff, but it took me 36 years to reach the point where I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to come to you. I went everywhere else. I said, I'm going to seek this relationship. This is going to fulfill me. And when I did, something was missing, and I thought, maybe... If I study this, maybe if I get this education, maybe if I purchase this car, maybe if I go on this trip, maybe if I do this or that, but nothing fulfilled me. In my heart, there was just something missing, and I tried to fill it with alcohol and drugs and all kinds of things like television and shows, just things trying to escape, but something was still missing. Jesus says, come to me. And I will give you rest. It's interesting that it doesn't say, Come to church. Now, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with going to church. You should go to church. But sadly, there are many people who go to church but neglect to go to Him. Jesus says, Come to me. The next thing that He says is, All you who labor and are heavy laden. Now, this terminology isn't something that we really use today. It's not like you go to someone's house and you say, oh, you know what? I've been really heavy laden today. You know, this entire week I've just been heavy laden. All year I've just been heavy laden. No, it's not the kind of terminology that we use. So I looked at a few other biblical translations and they put it like this. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdened. All you who are burdened, all you who are overburdened, all you who are struggling hard, who are worn out. I think a more appropriate terminology today would be, come to me all you who are stressed out. After this song, we're going to continue exploring this most important passage of Matthew.
1: Troubles and trials Often betray those On in the wheel
0: Is it relevant today? You're listening to Marius Jigo and today we're looking at the passage in Matthew chapter 11 where it says, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. We've so far discovered that Jesus tells us that true rest will be found when we go to him. The other thing that jumped out at me at this passage, is says all you who labor and are heavy laden. I was talking to someone just yesterday who was telling me that they don't feel that they can come to God. They feel rejected, but they don't feel that God will accept them. They don't feel that they are good enough. I remember this feeling. I felt it myself many times. I didn't feel worthy. This person didn't use these exact words, but the gist of what they were saying is, I am not worthy. Now notice the passage doesn't say, come to me all you who are worthy. Because the truth is, I'm not worthy. You're not worthy. No one is worthy. Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor. And I love what the author of Desire of Ages writes. The weaker and more helpless you know yourself to be, the stronger you will become in his strength. I love that because it's almost like the amount of blessing you'll receive depends on how much you realize that you need him. The weaker that you realize that you are, the more strength that he will give you. The next thing that Jesus says is, and I will give you rest. Jesus promises to offer us rest, to offer us a peace. I think what it means is that Jesus will give us an assurance. He will tell you that you can be sure of your salvation as you come to him. He continues by saying, take my yoke upon you. Now, here is something that he asks us to do. He asks us to take his yoke upon us. A yoke is typically an instrument of service. It's something that beasts of burden generally wear as they're doing work, as they're doing their service. Essentially, what Jesus is saying is, Come and serve me, and you will find rest for your souls. It's not overly complicated. When he says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light, it implies that there are other yokes out there. We can carry our own yoke or the enemy's yoke. What Jesus is saying is, when you're serving me, the burden is easy. He doesn't say there will be no burden at all. But what he says is that carrying that burden will be easy. It's light. In this world, one of the biggest attacks that the enemy brings upon us, I believe, is the attack of stress. We're constantly stressed out today, and I believe that it's the enemy's plan to fill us with constant stress to take away all of our free time, and just to be constantly stressed out. How am I going to pay these bills this month? What am I going to do with the mortgage on my house? Do I have enough money to retire on? There's not enough people liking my posts on Facebook. This child has left the church. What am I going to do? All these things the enemy pushes onto us to focus on this, to focus on that, to focus on that, because when we do, we don't sit in the rest that Jesus gives us. Stress causes us significant problems. Did you know that when you're stressed, you're more likely to get COVID? No, that can't be true. Stay with us after this song, and we'll find out how.
2: rather have Jesus and let him lead than to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's dread sway I'd rather have Jesus of
0: Is it relevant today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Chigo, and today we're looking at the invitation that Jesus gives us to come to Him for rest. We've discovered that Jesus asks us all to come to Him, not only those who think that they are worthy, none are worthy. Jesus seeks to give us rest, to remove the stress from us. And we discovered that when one is stressed, they are more likely to get COVID. When you're stressed, you have less killer cells or white blood cells running around your body. And what they do is that they deal with intruders. They deal with viruses and bacteria and so forth. When you're stressed, you're more likely to catch disease. Stress destroys relationships. When partners are stressed, it causes friction. It even ruins sleep. Now, I don't know if this has happened to any of you, But this happens to me all the time. I lie down. I start thinking about what's going to happen here, what's going to happen there, what's going to happen here and there and there. And my mind starts racing. And before I realize, a few hours have passed by and I'm not sleeping. Stress also increases recovery time. It takes longer to recover from an injury when you are stressed. So if you have a cut in your hand and you're stressed, it'll take longer to heal than if you're not stressed. Stress increases blood pressure. It reduces brain function. I thought this was really interesting. They were having a look at frontal lobe activity under stress, and they found that when one is stressed, there is reduced frontal lobe activity. Now, this is the center where you make informed decisions. So when you're stressed, you cannot think as well, you cannot reason as well. Stress can lead to depression, it can cause many things such as headaches and stomach aches, it can cause muscle pains. Did you know that when you're stressed, you are less likely to get pregnant? It's a proven fact that those who are stressed are less likely to become pregnant than those who are not. Now because of this fact, you can have a 100% guarantee that Gabrielle and I are currently not stressed. Stress can cause many problems in your mind. And this is what Satan wants us to focus on. Stress, stress, stress. What God is asking us to do is to give it to him. Just surrender it to me. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And I will give you rest. Jesus says something else interesting here. He says, learn from me. Well, what do you want us to learn, Jesus? He continues, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. He wants us to learn to be gentle. He wants us to learn to be humble. One of the passages which I recently memorized was in Philippians chapter 4, verse 5, which says, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. I love this statement because it's like very complete. Essentially what we're told is Christians should be known as the ones who are gentle. What Paul is saying here is, be gentle. Jesus is coming. Essentially, this is the message here. One of the things I love about my wife, Gabrielle, is that she is the most gentle person I know. Always careful not to hurt people's feelings. And when we see gentle people, we are drawn to him because Jesus was gentle. The opposite is also true. When someone is overly pushy and manipulative, we resist, we pull back. I received an email from someone the other day, and it was a continuation of a conversation which we had started probably about a year and a half prior. And they tried to convince me of something which I I didn't agree with. I thought it was contrary to what the Bible taught. They wrote me this 10-page letter, and I wrote back this 5-page letter, and they wrote back another letter. And after a while, I was like, this isn't getting anywhere. I realized that this was just causing friction. And I remembered a verse in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23, which essentially says, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to avoid this. So I wrote back and I said, well, thanks for contacting me, but I'm not going to discuss this topic anymore. But I thank you for your concern. And the email that I got, just the other day was extremely forceful. Probably about half of it was in capital letters. Some was bolded, underlined and highlighted and I was just like, oh, just pushing back. This is the opposite of gentle. Now stay with us after this song and we'll continue exploring this idea of being gentle. Like a river flowing down to the sea.
3: Like a rushing wind you flow into me Like the falling of the snow Like the blood that makes me whole Is the love of God that flows into me Like a river flowing down to the sea Like a rushing wind you flow into me Like the falling of the snow Like the blood that makes me whole Is the love of God that flows into me And like a river you come flooding through The desert of my heart And like the wind You come rushing, blowing Life through every part And like the snow you're falling on me With the blood of your own son. And like the sun You come shining, making darkness run Just like a river flowing down to the sea Like a rushing wind you flow into me Like the falling of the snow Like the blood that makes me whole Is the love of God that flows into me and like a river you come pouring out your love upon the field and like the wind you bring the harvest down to take your yield and like the snow you come to winter touching hearts and making warm and like the sun You raise the mighty light to calm the storm Just like a river flowing down to the sea Like a rushing wind you flow into me Like the falling of the snow Like the blood that makes me whole Is the love of God that flows into me Is the love of God that flows into me
0: Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? I'm Marius Jigo, and today we're looking at the invitation Jesus gives us to come to Him for rest. We've just found out that He invites us to learn from Him, and He tells us what He wants us to learn, specifically to be gentle and lowly in heart, or humble. The Bible tells us, be gentle in many places. Let your gentleness be known to all men. It's interesting that in the passage we explored before, which says to avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, the next verse says, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all. And then he continues in humility correcting those who are in opposition. Interesting that Jesus is trying to teach us gentleness and humility. These topics come up again and again and again. In fact, if you look at Micah 6 verse 9, he says, What does the Lord require of you but to do justly, you know, do his will, love mercy, be gentle, and walk humbly with your God. This is what Jesus requires for us. Now I looked at the continuation of the passage in Philippians which says, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. And it continues saying, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guide your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's interesting, when you look at the passage in Matthew 11, essentially what Jesus is trying to teach us is gentleness, and we will find rest. Here again we're told, let your gentleness be known to all men, and the peace of God which surpasses all understandings, there appears to be a clear correlation between the two. So why are there so many people in the world today who do not have peace? Why are there so many Christians in our church who, when asked, are you sure of your salvation, will not raise up their hands? It ultimately boils down to an issue of unwillingness to surrender to God. And why don't we surrender to God? Because we don't trust him. It boils down to an issue of trust. We think that we trust him. We say that we trust him. But when he brings certain things and highlights them for us, it's like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. I'm better off keeping this. There's a passage that speaks about this in Desire of Ages and says, many who profess to be his followers have an anxious and troubled heart. They do not have peace they cannot rest. And it tells us why. Because they are afraid to trust themselves with God. I remember much of my life was like this. God would bring something, he would highlight something to me, and I was like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. How can I do that? How can I give this up? How can I give up this relationship? Doesn't God want me to be happy? How can I give up watching these things? I mean, what am I going to do for entertainment? And I thought that I knew better how to find rest. And I look now and I realize that I didn't trust God. I continued banging my head against the wall until one day I'd had enough. And I thought, you know what? I've been through this stuff from when I was a young boy. Maybe I'm going to give God a try. Maybe I'll submit to him as the Bible says, and I still remember the date. The date was the 7th of March, 2015. I was at a church, and there was an appeal that was being made. Now, two months earlier, I started reading my Bible every day. And when this appeal was made, I realized that there's nothing holding me back from a complete surrender to God. And I made that decision then. And you know what? I finally had peace. I had this peace, I had an assurance of salvation. And I'd love to tell you that since then, I have maintained this peace continuously. But the truth is, I didn't. And we'll find out why, just after these songs.
4: The Nazarene had come to live the life of And he felt the fascination of the stars And as he wandered through this weary world He wandered and he wept For there were so few who listened to his call He came, he saw, he surrendered all So that we might be born again His humanity was there for all to see For He was unlike any other man And yet so much like me The Nazarene could hunger And the Nazarene could cry And he could laugh with all the fullness of his heart And those who hardly knew him And those who knew him well Could feel the contradiction from the start He came, he saw, he surrendered all So that we might be born again Of his humanity was there for all to see, for he was unlike any other man,
2: and yet so much like me. He
4: came, he saw, he surrendered all so that we might be born again, and the fact of his humanity. Yet so much like.
2: He washed it white as snow
0: Back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Gigo, and today we've been looking at the invitation that Jesus gave us to come to Him for peace, for rest. We've discovered that the thing that's preventing many today from having this peace, this assurance of salvation, is the fact that they are unwilling to surrender certain aspects of their lives to Him. When I fully gave my heart to God and surrendered everything to Him, He gave me Peace. And I would like to say that I've had this peace continuously from then until now, but this isn't the case. There was a period a while ago where God brought something else to my attention. And he essentially said, Marius, I'd like you to surrender this to me. And I was like, "Ah, you want me to give that up? Really? And God kept showing me and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And I was like, ah, no, maybe not. Are you sure? Is this really what I'm meant to do? And after a while, my peace went away. And after being like this for a couple of months, it dawned on me, why am I doing this? I was miserable. During this time, I just didn't have this peace that I had so gotten used to. I'd gotten accustomed with it. And then I thought to myself, you know what? What am I doing? Why am I such an idiot? I said, there you go, God. And I just gave it over to him. And the peace came back. In Desire of Ages, it continues, they do not make a complete surrender to him, for they shrink from the consequences that such a surrender may involve. We think like, ah, if I give this up, what's going to happen? I'm going to miss out. God doesn't want anything from you that's in your interest to keep. And it was really sobering how she finishes off this passage. She says, unless they make this surrender, they cannot find peace. Until you surrender to God, the things that he asks you, you will not have peace. I wanted to ask you today, do you have peace? There was a man who was in prison. In fact, he was chained up and he knew for certain that he will be executed. He knew that his execution awaits him and that it would be a violent execution. I wonder how he felt. How would you feel? How would you feel if you knew that in a short time a violent execution awaits you? The thing is, we don't need to wonder how this person felt. Because he told us in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7-9. to Paul writes, The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, finally there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but also to those who have loved his appearing. Can you feel the peace in this passage? This person is awaiting a violent execution. The Romans were particularly violent, so they would set an example so that others would be terrified of what would happen if they went against them. Paul knew this. Paul knew what was awaiting him. Notice he says, the time of my departure is at hand. It's almost like, um, I'm going to say goodbye. See you guys. Notice he doesn't say, the time of my violent, gruesome execution is at hand. No, he says, finally there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. He has peace. He knows that his time to see Jesus is almost at hand. He knew that after his execution, he would sleep until Jesus returns, and to him it would appear just like a second. I want to ask you today, are you assured of your salvation? Are you sure that if you were to pass away, if something horrible was to happen, and you would pass away today, would you be sure that the next thing that you saw was Jesus? Now, if your answer to that question is yes, then praise God. The thing that keeps this assurance away from some of us is the unwillingness to surrender. Is there something that you're holding on to that's robbing you of your peace? I want to invite you today, give it to God. Give it to Him. He knows what's best for you. There is nothing worth giving up your peace for. I want to invite you today, if there's something that you're holding back from God. Now, I don't know what it is. The Spirit impresses on each one of us. It may be He's asking you to make something right with someone. It may be He's asking you to treat your spouse better. It may be He's asking you to stop watching those movies which you know are unfit for Christian consumption. I don't know what He's asking you. But if He's asking you to give something to Him, then I invite you to surrender it to Him today. Your peace and your assurance of salvation awaits you. We thank you for listening today and don't forget to visit our YouTube channel called Is It Relevant Today where we have video presentations on many topics including the one we've just been talking about called Are You Sure? We look forward to seeing you next week. I'm Marius Chigal. God bless and I hope you have a magnificent day.
2: I surrender All to Him I freely give I will ever love and trust Him Oh yeah. yeah. May I be loved? is what I pray, change my heart, oh God, make it ever true, change my heart, oh God, may I be like you.
5: fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing Our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe His craft and power are great And armed with cruel hate On earth is not his equal Did we in our own strength confide Our striving would be losing Not the right man on our side The man of God's own choosing Dost ask who that may be Christ Jesus it is he Lord Sabaoth his name From age to age the same And he must win the battle world with devils filled Should threaten to undo us We will not fear for God has will His truth to triumph through us The Prince of Darkness grim We tremble not for Him His rage we can endure For lo, his doom is sure One little word shall fail him That word above all earthly powers No thanks to them abided The Spirit and the gifts are ours Through Him who with us sided Let goods and kindred go This mortal life also The body they may kill God's truth abideth still His kingdom is forever.
0: You've been listening to Is It Relevant Today? If you have any questions or comments, please leave them on our Facebook page, Is It Relevant relevant today. But for now, thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next week.
1: I love to tell the story, it will be my theme in glory, to
2: tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love.